Thank you for joining us for our first episode of our new series on Waiting with Wisdom. In this episode, Trinity Forum President Cherie Harder speaks with author and scholar Diana Butler-Bass about the very timely topic of gratitude. This podcast is an edited version of our online conversation from November 19th of 2021. You can listen to the full conversation with transcript on our website. Here's Cherie Harder. As we look forward to Thanksgiving, tis the season for gratitude, for thinking about thanking, as it were. It's a subject that's inspired reflection from some of what might be called the thought leaders of history. G.K. Chesterton claimed that thanks are the highest form of thought. Cicero asserted that gratitude is not only the greatest of all the virtues, but the parent of all others. And Martin Luther called it the basic Christian attitude in the heart of the gospel, while Jonathan Edwards listed it as the sign of true religion. More recently, gratitude has been the focus of numerous psychological and even medical studies, which have found that gratitude can lower stress, improve one's immune function, enhance cardiovascular function, sharper memory, deepen sleep, increase energy levels, boost reported happiness, increase productivity, and strengthen relationships. A veritable Thanksgiving cornucopia of life-giving benefits. So what does it mean to be a grateful person or a grateful people? What practices help reorient our perspective to more clearly see and appreciate the gifts that we enjoy? And what would such a reorientation mean not only for our individual lives, but also for our civic life? Today, we have the opportunity to talk with a scholar who has literally written the book on exactly that subject. Diana Butler-Bass is the sociologist of religion and award-winning author of 11 different books on American religion, including Grounded, Christianity After Religion, Christianity for the Rest of Us, A People's History of Christianity, her most recent work, Freeing Jesus, and the book we've invited her to discuss today, Grateful, The Transformative Power of Giving Thanks. Diana, welcome. Thank you. I was so excited to be here to talk about uh, gratitude today. It's really great to have you here. We, we appreciate it. So, of course, I have to ask, you mentioned in the introduction that you've always struggled with gratitude and even talked about flunking gratitude. So just at the outset, one has to ask, why does a scholar and a professor write a book on a subject she claims to have flunked? <laughs> well, Sometimes it's the classes you fail that wind up being the classes that teach you the most. And so, you know, that's, I think, part of uh, being a professor. But it, it came from a, a pretty personal place. In 2015, I was, you know, in a, in a moment with my career where I was looking ahead, you know, what's the next book going to be about? And I wanted to write something about Christian practices. And so I had thought about doing an entire book on the whole list of practices uh, that you find in the New Testament, you know, that joy, hopefulness, all of those, that, that long list of the nine things that are the marks of, of a full Christian life. And so I was talking to my agent about that. And he said, well, that's a lot. You know, <laughs> you know that's not writing a book about one thing. That'd be writing a book about nine things. And he said, um, why don't you pick one? And uh, we can focus a book on that, whatever one you think is most important. And so a couple of weeks later, I was back on the phone with him again, and um, we weren't really talking about the book, but I was griping. 
<laughs> what I was griping about was something that I think all of us who are professionals uh, are a little shy about maybe sharing in public, but I was griping about how was it that I was in my early fifties and there were women who were in their late thirties, whose writing careers were more successful than mine. And so I was like, really just like, Oh, full of, of sort of anger and envy and all kinds of negative emotions. And, um, my, my, my agent, who is also my friend finally just said to me, uh, well, Diana, you know, we were thinking about uh, Christian practices and which one you might run a ride at. And he goes, he says, um, maybe you should try thankfulness. <laughs> <laughs> and he was trying to point out to me, of course, that I had tons to be thankful for and that I was measuring myself in, in the wrong ways, you know, by sort of stacking my gifts and my contribution to the world up against those of other people. And it really sort of knocked the wind out of me when someone you work with and is a really good friend, someone you've trusted for nearly two decades, actually, uh, says, I don't think you're grateful enough. Um, that was the moment to look in a mirror. And I thought, you know, I, I really should explore this practice. And um, that's, that's what kicked it off personally. I mean, one of the things you mentioned at the outset is not only, you know, the struggles that you faced are fairly common. A lot of us struggle with thankfulness, but uh, there's the struggle about the practice of it, but there's also misconceptions about the understanding of it. Uh, one of the things I think you mentioned right off the bat is that there's a common uh, misconception of, around what gratitude is as you, I think you claimed that it was a sort of secular prosperity gospel at one point, uh, and that there's other forms of our understanding of gratitude that are wrongfully rooted uh, in what you call kind of cycles of duty and demand. Mm -hmm. So it, it seems only right to kind of start with definitions. What is gratitude? That might be the most important question. Um, a big part of my struggle to be grateful is that I had no idea what it was. Um, you know, throughout my life, people have usually said things like, well, you know, be thankful, yeah, is a sort of a, a directive. And like my friend, you sound like an ingrate or what have you, and you don't want to be one of those. And so I had gotten caught up in the idea that it was just, you have to, whatever happens to you, you're supposed to be thankful for those things. And I, you know, I recognize other things we shouldn't be thankful for, you know, cancer and justice, violence in the world, people who, you know, who have experienced abuse, um, all those sorts of demands for gratitude seem like they add to those problems instead of solving them. And so that made me sort of reluctant uh, to, to engage it. But as I got into this, to the subject, um, the issue was really the structure of gratitude. I mean, we can practice, 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 practice gratitude, and that's all good, but it is also very helpful to understand the actual nature of the thing itself. And one of the moments of realization uh, came for me when I uh, finally sort of grasped that we talk about gratitude in two very different, with two very different languages. Uh, one, we use a language of feelings. You know, you go out, you see a sunset and you go, oh, I'm so grateful. It's so beautiful. Or someone gives you an unexpected gift and it's like, oh, thank you. I can't believe someone's noticed that I did this thing and that you appreciate the work that I've done and you've given me a gift in response. And so there's this way that 
gratitude is our emotional response to gifts. Um, but it's also something else. Um, it's also a choice we make that it is a, an ethical disposition toward gifts, givers, and beneficiaries. And so there are a whole host of kinds of ways in which we understand gratitude functioning in our communities. And uh, this line of thought has been picked up more in recent years by uh, businesses and schools, uh, organizations that are literally trying to teach gratitude as part of a communal ethic um, for, you know, whatever the particular business is or the learning community, or uh, I have a sister-in-law who is a doctor and in her hospital, uh, they picked up gratitude as a, a practice. And oftentimes it has to do with things like stewardship and sharing gifts and mentoring others, all of those kinds of things, giving back and also giving forward to other people. And so, so there are these two dimensions of it, and both of them are really important uh, for our health well and well-being, as you mentioned at the very beginning. Um, the feeling aspect, it, all that's great. And then the ethics piece um, is really about moral shaping and character. And, and so I, I, once I kind of got that clear, um, that was a very helpful first step into understanding gratitude more deeply. You, know, you mentioned uh, looking through new lenses and reframing. And one of the, I thought, most interesting ways that you talked in your book about the way gratitude reframes uh, is changing our perception of time. Uh, you said that when gratitude becomes a habit of being, our capacity to see time, past, present, and future actually changes. Uh, and also talked about how gratitude gives us what you called soft eyes. Um, what is the, the new perspective on time and seeing that the gratitude offers? Um, gratitude, it, it is really interesting the way this works. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I'm a theologian and a church historian, so I was very dependent on uh, a lot of different uh, new friends, most of whom are psychologists and people who work in social sciences uh, for some of this information. But um, when you think of gratitude about the past, uh, one of the things that it does is it it calls you to look at the past, not just like, oh, everything good is that has ever happened in my life that's already has already happened. And so it's sometimes when we look at the past, it's with sort of out, eyes of regret or nostalgia. And I'm I'm over 60 now. And so I, you know, I could easily go there. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, it was I felt so much better when I was in my 40s, you know, physically or what have you. Uh, so we tend to look at the past with regret and nostalgia. But if you learn to look at that past uh, through um, the eyes of gratitude, uh, you begin to see the stories of your life in different ways. And so things that were hard at the time might have taught something along the way. And you can, you can look back and say, oh my gosh, I wouldn't be the person I am without having gone through whatever that really truly um, challenging situation was. And I think we all understand how that works. And then when it comes to the future, you know, we, we, we can 
get anxious and full of dread about what the what the future is going to bring. Uh, but one of the things that gratitude does is it builds in us these kinds of habits of resilience that can prepare us to handle difficult and uh, stressful situations. And so when we look to the past, um, gratitude gives us a different kind of hind, hindsight. And when we look at towards the future, uh, gratitude gives us a different kind of foresight. And um, that's something I can also say, you know, I can say, oh my gosh, well, I've gotten through all of this stuff um, now that I'm, you know, over 60 and whatever might be coming around the corner, I think I have tools and skills and experience that's going to help me get there. And that that's so gratitude is one of the things that strengthens us to face those things that lie ahead. So the, the one you ask about in particular is what I call in the book wide sight. And uh, this is how gratitude um, can really change the realities um, in which we live. And that is when something comes at us that is uh, frightening or uh, unexpected, that we oftentimes as human beings have that flight, fight, or freeze um, reaction. And when this stressful event, you know, just sort of faces you, our temptation of human being as human beings is to, you know, stand our ground and fight, you know, hit back. And what happens is when you meet a stressful thing, when you meet a force that's coming at you with an equal force, that creates really terrible things. <laughs> you can't, it, it, you know, the strongest thing will win. Somebody will get hurt. There's a, there's, it's a violent face-to-face um, -face meeting in that regard. Um, so this idea of soft eyes and gratitude actually comes out of Japanese martial arts, but Parker Palmer, who is the wonderful Quaker writer, um, has borrowed this very widely. And I think that he's just right about it is that in Japanese martial arts, Aikido especially, there's this idea when you're, something comes at you with force, instead of focusing on what is immediately in front of you and going into that temptation to punch back at, the, at, at that moment, you sort of you take a breath and you look towards the edges of your awareness. You look towards your peripheral vision. And it's in the peripheral, peripheral vision that you often find a movement that allows you to um, face the, the danger, not head on, but with a different kind of wisdom, with a different kind of skill set. And that's referred to in Aikido, that capacity to immediately go into the peripheral place um, as soft eyes. So instead of hardening your gaze and looking at who, whatever's threatening, and anybody who spends a lot of time, for example, on Twitter, um, one of the things that happens on Twitter is you never see the thousands of nice things that people say about you on Twitter or the thousands of nice people who don't reply to something that you've put up. What you see is the one thing. And the temptation in that kind of social media is you come back punching really hard. And then basically what happens is that you look like a bully and an idiot. And um, then people get mad at you and then they all come, you know, roaring back and attacking. And so that's a classic example of this. But then the, the, the other example is to be able to just kind of say, take that breath and say, okay, what's possible here? 
love to talk with you about some of those practices. Um, sure. Not just for communities, but also for individuals. And and you uh, even at one point talk about them as skills. Uh, you said to live gratefully involves the skills of noticing when a kindness is done or a benefit is received, returning the gift, embracing the sense of awe, and sharing benefits with others. Uh, and you also noted that we are often um, more likely to be cued into what you called uh, the habits of frustration rather than the habits of thankfulness. So I'd, um, I'm sure there's a lot of people watching who would love to live more gratefully. Um, what are the habits that uh, sort of cultivate and inculcate that spirit of gratitude? Uh, and how does one go about essentially um, you know, forming and inculcating them in one's own life. I have just one that I would love to share today. And it, it's a one that it, here in the United States, we're getting ready to celebrate um, Thanksgiving. Oh, it's what a great thing. I actually love living in a country where we've taken one day and turned it into a gratitude holiday. And uh, one of the practices around Thanksgiving is often that before a family uh, partakes the feast, you know, busts into the turkey and the pumpkin pie, uh, they, people go around table and they say something they're grateful for, you know, for the year, everybody has to give a, a gratitude. And I've often, <laughs> I've often felt like that was like a turkey hostage situation, you know, that you couldn't eat anything until everybody gave the appropriate gratitude. I'm grateful for X, Y, Z. And, and people, people stumble over it all the time. It's really weird. And um, so one of the, the habits that I've actually learned is to take the word for out of the sentence of gratitude. Because as soon as you say, I'm grateful for, there has to be an object there. I'm grateful for uh, a good doctor's appointment. I'm grateful for the fact that my you know, my, my kid didn't fail out of, of school this year. I'm grateful for getting a big raise. So, so there's a, there's a, some sort of material or intangible uh, thing uh, that we're grateful for. And, and so for in English tends to turn the benefits of giftedness into commodities. Mm -hmm. And that is the problem. You know, you'll sit at a table and somebody will be grateful. Oh, I got a big raise. And you're sitting there going, I didn't. As a matter of fact, I was worried I was going to get fired all year. And so see, so when gratitude just becomes about material benefit or, or that kind of healthy sort of health and wealth kind of thing, then it becomes a point of division and actually creates envy. And so what I love to do is I change the prepositions. And so instead of saying, I'm grateful for, I have a whole bunch of other prepositions and I will do this kind of exercise throughout the week, really, but you can do it at Thanksgiving. Uh, you could say, I'm grateful with, I'm grateful with my husband just because we've survived the pandemic. You know, I'm grateful to be with, um, I am gratitude has grown within me for these many months that I have been able to uh, retool my work and share it in new ways with new people. Um, I've been grateful through this terribly challenging event. I am grateful in the present moment. I am grateful to God or to um, uh, there's a wonderful prayer I've been using with groups this, this, um, 
month about being grateful to the earth, to the sky, to the air. It's a beautiful environmental prayer. Uh, reminds us that creation does the work that creation is supposed to do. And we can be grateful to uh, the created world. I'm uh, grateful, uh, you know, in all these different kinds of ways. And so if we change the preposition, um, I actually have a whole list of questions that I put up on my, uh, my Substack page today. To whom or what are you grateful? What challenges have you been grateful through? Um, have you been grateful with? others? Where have you discovered gratitude within? Has something in your life been changed by the practice of gratitude? In what circumstances, in what circumstances have you experienced thankfulness? And as soon as you change the preposition, oh my gosh, the whole conversation changes. And it stops being about what you're grateful for, those material things, which we should always be aware of and appreciative of. I say I'm grateful for a meal every day when I sit down for dinner. Um, but gratitude is far more than that. It's about a bunch of different prepositions. And so that's one of the things that I like to remind people of is that prepositions matter, especially when it comes to gratitude. And maybe this Thanksgiving, that's a really simple place to start. I think this week about the different prepositions of gratitude. And when somebody says, what are you grateful for? Maybe you should turn around and ask the host at the table. Um, can we ask where we found gratitude within? <laughs> or some other interesting question that makes the table go, oh, I never thought of that before. And uh, maybe then you'll experience thankfulness in a new way. What moves gratitude from a human or humanistic response to the level of a specifically Christian discipline? I like that question. You know, it, it actually works in both ways. And that's fantastic because on one level, uh, gratitude is a great practice in a pluralistic society and in a society where there are no more sort of majority religions. And I hear Christians, you know, griping all the time um, in the United States about how our communities are on decline and all that kind of stuff. And there's plenty of work for us to do to strengthen our churches and to make sure that our stories are told well and that, you know, we, we feel faithful, um, whatever comes our way. Uh, but at the same time, we also have to learn how to uh, live and be in community with others. And that gratitude has many different faces theologically. Um, that is a way that we can um, relate with others uh, through a practice. You know, it doesn't take, doesn't take an awareness of God's presence to be thankful that the earth produces food for our benefit. You know, it doesn't, doesn't take any theological thing for that at all. And so, so that's fantastic. And I think that that is something we can celebrate. And then on the other hand, it is really important in each one of our different communities that we understand that how our traditions have interpreted gratitude. And the Bible says an enormous amount about gratitude. And um, I was actually a little shocked when I read, when I wrote this book, um, as to how little uh, theologians have pulled out gratitude as a specific theological thread in scripture. There are very few books on this. Mm -hmm. um, Mary Jo Letty's stuff from Catholic perspective. There are a couple other Catholic books on gratitude. There's a great um, book written by Brian Garrish, who taught at, I believe, Princeton for years called Grace and Gratitude. And there's a little bit that sort of floats around understanding gratitude vis-a-vis -vis, um, the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper, because Eucharist means, of course, 
really super amazing Thanksgiving meal. Um, and uh, that's what you and charist means in Greek. So Eucharist is the, the ultimate Thanksgiving, as it were. And so, so we have that work to do to attend to our theological traditions and form people in those traditions, whether Protestant or Catholic or Jewish, and that Jews and Christians and Muslims actually share a language and understanding of gratitude growing out of the Hebrew scriptures. That's quite lovely. Um, and we, we can do that and we can do it in our own uh, synagogues and, and temples and, and churches. And um, yet we can also stand together and, and do it together. So I, I, I think that, I love gratitude for both its embraceive dimension of being able to include people who have, who aren't even, who aren't theists and people who are theists. And then to also be able to go super uh, deep into one's own tradition and looking for the, the, the beautiful visions of gratitude that are present. Thanks, Diane. As we wrap up, I'd like to give you the opportunity to provide us with the last word. Oh, I want to share with you um, one of my favorite quotes. And this is from uh, Brother David Stendel Rast, who is a, a Catholic brother, and he's well into his 90s now. And in certain ways, he's the guru of gratitude. And uh, I, I think this quote just says it all. If you're grateful, you're not fearful. And if you're not fearful, you're not violent. If you're grateful, you act out of a sense of enough and not a sense of scarcity, and you are willing to share. If you are grateful, you are enjoying the differences between people, and you are respectful to everybody. And that changes this power pyramid under which we live. Thank you for listening in to today's podcast on gratitude with Diana Butler Bass. This is our first episode in our series on waiting with wisdom. Be sure to subscribe to Trinity Forum Conversations to make sure you don't miss an episode. And if you're enjoying these, please leave us a review. And finally, from the Trinity Forum, we wish you all a happy Thanksgiving.